Welcome in the latest episode of That SEC Podcast, brought to you by My Bookie and Twisted Tea. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols. What's up, yo, Tennessee Homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man, I, the season is right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Getting so fired up, Shane. I'm also getting fired up because I'm moving in next door. We're, <laughs> we're starting that. Uh, that that'll be right. I mean, starting next week, we're doing that. So, uh, I know this is last minute. I apologize to the audience, but we're going to go live on Thursday. I don't know. We we don't even have a time yet, but it don't matter. Probably six. Yeah, I would imagine. Okay. Okay, six. Yeah, that. I mean, that's when we've been doing it. We might as well not change up the time every time on, a, on the audience if we really want them to show up. But, hey, we've got a really fun show planned, obviously here, but tomorrow as well, to get geared up for this Week Zero action. We're talking all SEC teams, not just Vanderbilt, but... Man, I'm I'm ready, brother. How are you doing? Dude, I'm ready. I am so ready. I couldn't be more ready. I <laughs> I, I, I can't wait. I'm 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 taking in. I, I know you probably haven't had time. You've been so damn busy, but uh I finished the uh the Florida documentary. Man, dude, it's good. It's good. They mm-hmm. did really good. Mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like they left a few stuff out, but whatever, whatever. <laughs> you know, Urban probably said, hey, we got to, uh-uh. I'm still trying to get a job, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, but I will say it was it was fantastic, but I'm just taking in all this football action. And, and uh, but then I, I'm not going to lie, Mike, I got a little hurt today. Got a little hurt mm-hmm. from my Tennessee volunteers yeah. taking, taking some of that dirty money from food city and renaming our basketball stadium. And I'm, I had to delete every Kroger joke and I had some good ones, brother. I had some, I had some doozies lined up for this football season and I can no longer do that. So now it's a battle between grocery stores. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I, I have to ask you then Shane, I mean, Kroger or food city, which is the better grocery store. And, and I know I know you've got allegiances now to Food City, yeah. but in my mind, I mean that's not even debatable. I'd, I'd much rather go to Kroger. Well, well, most rich people do, I think, you know. But <laughs> growing up in that KVAT lifestyle, you know, my first job was at a grocery store. Uh, mm-hmm. Obvious, obvious reasons. <laughs> I try to get near as much food as possible while you work at a grocery store, but it was a, it was a part of the the Food City franchise if you will and then now my youngest uh you know she just got her little part-time gig at the grocery store so yes mm. for alliance reasons i am going to have to stick with <laughs> i i called it food shitty growing up you know because i didn't <laughs> like working at it but but now that it's a competition between us and kentucky i am back in the KVAT again <laughs> yeah well brother on this show we got a couple coach clips we'll get to those in just a second but uh you know, we love to go all around the SEC, and I thought it'd be a, a great opportunity, Shane, taking in, you know, what we've learned during these fall camps, the season right right around the corner. Yeah. The defensive and offensive MVPs for every team this season, and I'm taking out quarterbacks. Okay. Because, I mean, those, those are easy 
answers for so many teams. So I, I can't wait for the comments tomorrow. How is KJ not the MVP? How is Spencer <laughs> not the MVP? I mean, those are obvious. So right. I'm kind of I'm trying to go a little bit less obvious. I'm I'm going and not even necessarily the best players, Shane. I'm thinking the if you take this guy off the team, I think the impact will be felt in a tremendous way for both the offense and defense for every single SEC team. Does that make sense? Yes. You guys ready for the final list of the season? Because here it is. Mike's coming out with it. And don't forget, and I have to put this asterisk by every list that Mike puts out there. This is Mike's list. It's not because it's Shane's, not Big Orange Falls. I'm sure I'll get tagged in a few of these, but it is not involving quarterbacks. So go ahead, erase that out of your memory, even though quarterback most likely going to be the MVP for these teams. So I like this. This is a different perspective on the MVP. So this is what you're assuming the most valuable player at the end of the season will be from each team, both offense and defense. Yeah, and almost kind of like uh, you know they have these team banquets at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. who they're going to give it to? Who who's going to get that trophy on each yeah. side of the ball for every yes? That's kind of how I really did this. Not oh, not the guy that's going to put up the most stats or yeah, you know, or, or maybe be a Heisman finalist. Yeah. Players that I think are are not going to be overlooked in that locker room, even though they may be a little overlooked nationally, if that makes sense. Absolutely, no participation awards here. Yeah. Only the MVP. I like it. No team spirit. None of that jazz. We yeah. just want to know who's the best. Now, we're going to get to that in just a second, Shane. But like I said, we, we have a couple comments here, a couple news items. Georgia, unfortunate news, Shane. We got to lead with this, I thought. Biggest news here in the SEC on Wednesday because Branson Robinson out for the year. Running back, Georgia. He was poised for a big breakout season for them dogs and Again, I mean, Georgia, a roster unlike hardly any in the country can sustain these type of injuries. It's not going to kill you. But uh, Kendall Milton, another running back, he's been kind of banged up. He's not been 100%. Andrew Paul's coming off a a torn ACL. And all of a sudden, Shane, the the dogs, you know, again, not a huge question mark at running back, but a little bit. Of a question mark. They they added Laneith Whitehead, remember the former Tennessee running back. They added him this this offseason yeah. via transfer. Uh they they signed the number 14 running back in the country and the number 42 running back in the country in the last class. So they got bodies back here, but right. uh just you know, a disappointing day if you're a dog fan here. Yeah, it's gotta be tough. It's always tough uh when you lose anybody and and running backs, they obviously they get tossed around a little bit especially in the nfl it's maybe not as big of a deal but in college it kind of is brother because of blocking you got a new quarterback back there if they're not picking up the blocks like they're supposed to all of a sudden having a running back you know or an extra blocker not doing his his job can come back and bite you in the ass so um yeah you you hate to have any injuries but especially uh, uh somebody that was expecting to start immediately right and so Kirby talked about that, uh, but I thought the highlight of his Wednesday presser, Shane, he was asked about, uh, you know, all that talk, the dogs going seven and five. Did he really say that? And uh, I mean, <laughs> this is, we don't get a lot of personality from Kirby, but this is, uh, he, he let this one slip. We got to see his personality here for a minute. I just thought this was great. He faced the situation maybe to a slightly lesser degree last year, but 
after, after the second championship, some things were said by players about nobody thought we were going to win. One player said we were going to go 7-5. and five. You said whatever you said you know, at the victory parade. It seemed apparent that somewhere along the way, you either sort of lied or skewed the truth in terms of what was being said or <laughs> written out there. I'm just wondering... Could you sort of acknowledge that now, and and to what degree, and how often do you actually do that? I, I, I never thought if, if anybody if I ever thought we we're going to go seven and five, they need to they need to check me into a psychiatric ward because I never thought that, I never said that, I never expressed that. You know, that's never been a thing. I, I saw something where a player said that on the field or something, but that that you know these, these players read more stuff on Twitter and social media than I do. So what I paint to them is maybe a level of disrespect before maybe one game or two games, but not a season or not a thought of that. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that works when you're Georgia. I just don't think that works. I, I think what works is what are we doing this week against this opponent to be better than them? And a lot of times we may be lined up and be favored or be better than them. So then what are we doing to ourselves to make sure that we're trying to beat everybody in the country and not somebody? Um, I'm a lot more passionate and adamant about what we're doing over what we're selling as what the outside world might say or this narrative that is like you, you need this narrative of uh, the world against us. I, I think we may have had that once or twice last year, but that that's not something that we're painting the whole time, and we're certainly not trying to paint that this year. We're, we're, we're focused on better never rest. We're focused on being right, the best. So, hey, I, I mean, this may have been something that was said right after they won the championship, but apparently it ain't, it wasn't coming from old Kirby. No, no, he ain't saying that. But it is kind of funny because that was kind of riddled questions we had at Media Days. I'm looking at you, Marler, and I'm looking <laughs> at some of these other guys. You know, he likes to do that. He likes to take little bits and pieces of things he's learned or saw in the media or it's brought to his attention and mm-hmm. use it as fuel. Because when you're at top, man, it takes, it takes this and some of it's propaganda, but uh, yeah, no, I like these comments here. Yeah. And uh, next let's kick it on down to South Carolina, Shane, where we got to hear from offensive coordinator, Dow Loggins. And we've talked so much as, about Spencer Rattler this off season, but basically anytime I talk to a Gamecock, and they want to talk about why they believe Spencer Rattler will have a much better, more consistent season. They go right to the offensive coordinator, Dow Loggins, getting rid of the old guy. Nobody wanted him. Nobody liked him. Bad relationship with Spencer Rattler seemingly. I don't know that for a fact, but it was kind of evident at times uh, how that relationship now with Dow Loggins seems to be, you know, by all accounts – He's doing what Spencer Rattler is comfortable with and, and, you know, stressing what he's good at and shying away from maybe things Rattler does not want to get to. And uh, I, I really like this comment from Dow Loggins. And this kind of confidence, these kind of sentiments, this is exactly what you want to hear if you're a Gamecock fan right now. Yeah, we've heard different things, whether it be the phrase leash or just command, just letting Spencer be able to go out there and just have a little bit more control of the offense. For you as an offensive coordinator with your experience, is that something that you have you know, done throughout your coaching career? Or is it a combination of the player also earning that trust? I think it's a bit – I mean, it's all the player. You know, and, and if you ask this in the spring ball, I'm sure Clayton, the, the defensive staff and our defensive players will tell you it feels like 
there's a lot more going on with him. Like he's a lot more involved that way. And it's because we wanted to introduce some concepts in the in spring ball and figure out what he likes. And you got to get reps. You can't as a, a young player. He does have advantages. He's played for three different in three different offensive systems. That is a <clears throat> that's advantageous to your learning football. It's not always advantageous to having success on the field, but your football mind has grown every time you play in a new system. Obviously, consistency helps more than anything to like produce on the field at a high level. Um, but all those experiences, so he was able to see what we what we do on paper and on the board, and then go out and execute a little bit, and then you kind of start to figure out, okay, hey, what about if you see this, get to that, or if you see that, get to this, and you got to figure out, yeah, in the classroom is one thing, like. I can get us in the right play in the classroom, but now all of a sudden bullets are flying and it's live and you got a pass rush and they're disguising. Like, can you check plays there? And for right now, he's probably, he's doing a lot. He's doing an awful lot of line scrimmage and it's because he's earned that right. And we fill his toolbox. And the more he, the more he can do and the more he can handle, the more we'll give him. But the one line that we always talk about in the QB room with, with that, to whom much is given, much is required. And so the more he studies and the more, there's also <clears throat> there's a guts thing that takes like it's one thing to say like hey I'm gonna change the play it's one thing to say it in a meeting room but it's another thing to go do it it takes guts to do that and, like you're in front of your team you're in front of ten other guys that are sitting in the huddle and like whoa whoa easy he's changing the play to what like why are we doing this so for him to be able to do that like we had to go that was the ball security thing it's the most annoying thing in the world can we not find a better place to put that thing. <laughs> Golly, like put out in the locker room or something. I'm sorry, but uh, that is annoying, isn't it? Like, uh, um, I thought someone was trying to get in the door. Um, but uh, for him to be able to, and you got to have like, hey, you got to be able to give him enough leash to where it's like, hey, go do it, go try it, like, be, like have the courage to do it, have the guts to do it, and then reel him back in. Sometimes like, hey, why'd you do that? Because you don't want to leave the reservation. Like, you don't want to become like where it's like. You don't want it to be Denny's at 2 a.m. when you order something. You're like, I don't know what's coming out of the, cafe, out of the kitchen. But um, so when you give them that kind of freedom, like, you know, making sure that it's each, you know, the advantageous looks. And I do think his experiences definitely help him that way because he's been a part of a lot of football. And he's seen a lot of different things, a lot of, you know, the most college players don't get, you know, um, don't get to play in three different systems. And I'm sure he would love to say, hey, I wish I was on one system but for the last three years, but it's going to help him long term. Uh, we had some wide receivers in here yesterday just talking about your scheme and how they feel like it lets them get down the field more. What would you say about your scheme works best for wide receivers specifically? I think that the receivers would probably be really happy that Spencer Rattler is a quarterback um, because his ability to push the ball down the field allows them to do stuff down the field more so than scheme. And we got some guys that can run. You know, and it's not it's not a like to me. I keep telling everyone this, even the, some of the offensive coaches, the offensive players. It's not what we want to do scheme wise. It's what our guys do well. And now let's change presentations. Let's keep doing that. Let's get really good at it. Versus, there's a lot of plays. I mean, I've spent 17 years in the NFL. I have 5,000 plays I, that I love, and they're all good. But it's now what fits our players. And we all right, Chase. So again, I mean, all the buzz. And this is almost assured, since I disrespected Spencer Rattler, that he's going to be the best quarterback in the SEC. He's going to win the Heisman, and the Gamecocks are going to win 10, 11 games. And I hope it happens and because I'll be – you know, I'll, I'll just be made a, a, a damn fool for months on end on, on social media. 
Well, it's funny. If you ever look at any comment of yours about Spencer Rattler online, you know, there's likes, there's retweets, and there's bookmarks. And it, it's funny <laughs> because it seems like there's more bookmarks than likes on, on a lot of those. So everybody's saving this ammunition, myself included, Mike. Don't think for once you're safe because we're family. I cannot wait to drag you through the mud here. But, hey – crazier things have happened and either you're right or you're wrong it's not a it's not a 50 50 here but they're saying the right things one of the one of the biggest concerns we had with this offense last year was the coordinator and and i guess you'd say one of the concerns was a new coordinator this year but they're saying the right things this is spencer rattler's team they are going to run this offense through him and and they're not looking to reinvent the wheel they're just looking to make it easier for him to be productive on saturday so yeah i i can't wait we're gonna get that's the beauty of it week one you talk about a team that's got a spotlight on them it's the south carolina gamecocks yeah and i was just gonna go there shane this is something that we're not gonna have to wait the whole season it, yeah. it's week one it's week three against georgia it's week four mississippi state and week five at tennessee let me ask you this and i know this is a you know maybe impossible to answer but is he just going to be completely judged by the first month or so of the season. I mean, if he, let's just say, and, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but if he does not perform well that first month, but then maybe the next, the rest of the season, you know, the final seven games, he kicks ass. Yeah. Will people even care if he doesn't get it done at the beginning? Or or does he have to come out here and, and show that he's an NFL quarterback right out the gate? And that doesn't mean he's got to beat all these teams, particularly Georgia on the road, but does he have to perform really well, I think, for for him to get that respect for the entire season what's your yeah. thoughts on that yeah great great question mike and i and i think it's it depends on who you're asking if you're asking a south carolina fan it does mm -hmm. not matter it matters how the they're going to look at the body of proof here but if you're looking outside of columbia and you're asking someone about spencer rattler listen brother there's going to be three games in that first month that are going to be broadcasted on every channel in the country and i'm i'm looking at the north carolina game i'm looking at the tennessee game i'm looking at that georgia game so i'm, I'm not saying that they're going to judge them on those three but outside of those three nobody else is going to be watching them if they are struggling out of the gate so yes mm -hmm. i i think there's going to be a uh there's a tremendous amount of pressure that comes but if you also look at South Carolina's schedule, that old saying, they don't care what you do until November, you know, the tail end of that, they they got an opportunity to redeem their self, but mm -hmm. people are still going to have that taste in their mouth from September. And I would, last thing I got on this, Shane, I would say that there's very few, if any, players right now in college football that have had to deal with expectations, pressure, in the national spotlight as much as Spencer Rattler because it's basically been with him his entire career he was yeah virtually the first NIL guy you know he's getting all this money and we don't need to rehash what happened at Oklahoma but I mean the pressure was intense coming to South Carolina last year he was viewed as like a, some savior and now coming back in a new scheme and we've said it so many times but it seems like the hopes of the team rest on his shoulder. So again, more pressure, but yeah, he's, he's dealt with this before. So this is nothing new to him. Yeah. And it's almost like it makes him better during big games. 
you know, when the pressure is, you would think, to the extreme, when you've been under that spotlight your entire, especially last three years, it's like, yeah, it's just another game, and it slows down for athletes like Spencer. So uh, I'm looking forward to see what he's doing. Like I said, there's so many, so many pivotal matchups in <laughs> September. I mean, if you're a Gamecock fan and you got season tickets, watch out. You know, you you're in for a hell of a season. Right. And one last thing, Shane, before we get to this uh, MVP talk, I I just wanted to throw this at you, get your thoughts, because I don't know if you had seen this. Talking Florida Gators for a moment. And I realize, uh, you know, not everybody is a big fan of this guy, Stuart Mandel. But I, I've been reading this stuff for 20 years. Uh, f- fan of his podcast he does with Bruce Feldman. I, I read virtually everything he writes. But he just put out his SEC prediction, Shane, over at uh, The Athletic. And I'm not going to go over all of them because, you know, you got to pay to read The Athletic. So I don't want to ruin it for him. But one stood out, Shane. <laughs> the Florida Gators... According to Stuart Mandel, and again, he's a managing editor of college football over there at, at The Athletic. He's not just some, you know, so, some clickbait guy or anything like that. Stuart Mandel's got the Florida Gators, Shane. Three and nine is his predicted oh. record, one and seven in SEC play. And he says Billy Napier's ass will be fired before Thanksgiving. Again, not my words, Stuart Mandel, but. The reason I'm just throwing this out there, Shay, not to shit on the Gators, but three and nine. I mean, <laughs> I mean, even you know, even when I went through my cycle of of talking bad about them, I said, "Well, hell, I think they can get six and six, five yeah. and seven. I Never in my in my life have I sat here and and, and envisioned a scenario where Golly. Florida could go three and nine. Have you? No. Can you pull up that schedule? I, I'm curious. Yes, if, sir. Did he mention which three that they would win? No, it was just more. Oh, okay. You know, they they're going. His ass going to get fired. They don't put up with that in Florida and and all that yeah. jazz. He he didn't really go well, through it. I get game that. By game. Well, that's another one. You're, we we're just talking about South Carolina. You know those uh, ESPN has those percents. You know, right odds you win in the game and stuff like that. And I think they had South Carolina at five wins or four wins or something like that. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly that's not going to happen. Just like three games. I can't see Florida Gators just winning three games. Yeah, so here's their schedule, Shane. And, I, I mean, again, I'll just have to guess which games he's leaning here. But, uh, I mean, we know one and seven in, in SEC play. So, uh, at Utah, I'm assuming that's a loss in his book. McNeese State at home, guessing okay. that's a win. Tennessee at home, I'm going to guess that's a loss in his book. Charlotte at home. That's what that's a win at Kentucky, probably a loss. Vanderbilt at home, I have to imagine that's his the only SEC win he sees. They lose out at yeah at South Carolina, Georgia, and Jacksonville. Arkansas at home at LSU at Mizzou, Florida State at home. And and I will say this because I I don't believe any of this, but. You said the the key thing there, Shane, losing out. If you're the Florida Gator head coach and you go from October 14th to November 25th and you lose every game, yeah, they're going to fire your ass. I yeah. mean, that's because that, this is the Florida Gators, man. And and you just referenced the Swamp Kings. I you know I I watched just a little bit of it so far, but what does Urban Meyer say? You know that it's not you're not competing for championships the the standard is to win championships yeah so you can't you can't go a 
you know, six games in a row, losing every damn game, and, and they'll be like, yeah, well, let's, all right, better luck next year. I mean, that, that <laughs> that's not going to fly. You know what? No, no. And what's dangerous, so dangerous about that is that recruiting class, because these are kids. And what, what happens if they decide, you know what, I don't want to be a part of this right here at the end. I've We've all seen it. We've all seen yeah. these classes. Volunteer fans know exactly what I'm talking about. It's, it's sometimes it can become a mass exodus if there's a little uncertainty of who's going to be your coach in three years. So, yeah, this is... That's that's a tough pill to swallow, but again, you could. This is this is what the Florida Gators are used to. I think they've turned off all media at this point, except for that <laughs> SEC podcast, because we got faith in you. We got we got faith that at least you're going to a bowl game, and that and that who knows you may exceed those expectations. There's a few on there that he may have penciled in as a loss, but we don't. But mm-hmm. it is going to be every game a freaking battle. Every yeah. single game, they're going to have to bring their A game or they're going to look back and, and, and who knows, he may start packing up. Mm-hmm. All right, Shane, you ready to talk MVPs of every SEC team on offense and defense? Absolutely, Mike. Have you been growing <laughs> your hair out? You got the, what is what is this? You just showing off now? <laughs> you, <laughs> no, it's it's called. I don't have time to go get a damn haircut. <laughs> I got you, man. You coming over here? I, they don't they don't fly on this side of Tennessee, Mike. You better. Be. <laughs> All right, I'm just gonna go in alphabetical order here, Shane. Uh, starting with Alabama, offensive MVP in my mind, J.C. Latham. At right tackle, he won me over at media days with some of his comments, and and you know they've they've made no bones about it, Shane. It, Alabama getting back to ground and pound, they want to physically dominate you, they want to be run heavy, and the only way it's going to happen, we love the running backs, but it's got to be that offensive line. They have got to set the tone for the Crimson Tide. So give me J.C. Latham, and on defense, Shane, I'm going Dallas Turner, linebacker. Got to step up for that leadership void left by Will Anderson, who was the number three overall pick in the NFL draft. Dallas Turner has got to step up, become, not saying he's got to be the next Will Anderson, but he's a great player in his own right. He's got to step up in the leadership void. So thoughts on that? J.C. Latham and Dallas Turner for Alabama. Well, the Latham one, I think you hit the nail on the head, and and a lot of that has to do with leadership. He is, you know, Saban's been out here and said it a few times that that's where some of this leadership is coming from is that offensive line. So we know exactly who he's talking about here. And we got a new tackle on the left side, and, and you know, kind of like high school ball, you know, you always put your best on the right and mm-hmm. uh, in, in this scenario, I think they're going to just run right behind him. It's like, doesn't matter. You know, we're going to tell you where the ball is going to go. So I, I think that's that's important. If they're going to have this push and this this offensive rushing attack like they expect to have this season, it's going to be because of him. And I, I have no no bones with that. Uh, the only question I've got on the defense side, I mean, how close? Like, I mean, Kool Aid's the name that that keeps popping up. Uh, this is a guy that. Sometimes the stat lines are are deceiving, and it's just because people don't throw to him. Um, Is there any reason that he didn't make this list? Uh, I mean, no reason. I mean, I think he's probably the most outstanding player, but I'm just trying to think of how many times a corner is considered, you know, the the heart and soul of a football team. You know what I mean? I mean, they seem – and I don't want to generalize everybody, but – you know, they're they're interesting yeah. characters. They're me first guys, and 
you know, they, they got that bravado. So, I mean, is, is he going to get in the, in the face of some defensive linemen on a cr- critical situation? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I, I think that's a linebacker right there. Yeah, that's like my brother was a cornerback. Now it makes sense. <laughs> that selfish bastard <laughs> living in Hawaii with the tan. I get it now. He literally is an island. So, <laughs> yeah. all right. How about Arkansas, Shane? And again, we're not doing quarterbacks because we could do quarterback for damn near every one of these teams, and it would just yeah. I mean, then it just becomes a quarterback list. But for offense, you already know, man. I'm going Rocket Sanders, <laughs> uh, just a beast. And, uh, you know, the work he's putting in could be the most dominant offensive weapon in the SEC this season. So give me Rocket Sanders. I think he'll step up and be one of the biggest uh, names in all the country this year. And on defense, Shane, I like Chris Paul, the linebacker, stepping up, being one of the key figures for this Arkansas defensive turnaround. I know there's a bunch of linemen. Could have went with any any of the linemen here. Apparently they're all (laughs) elite down there. Uh, they've got some great cornerbacks as well. But give me Chris Paul at linebacker to be kind of the heart and soul of this Arkansas defense this fall. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Um, on the Rocket Talk, you know, this uh, – boy, that's a good segment right there. Come on, Arkansas, you should be using that one. Uh, but on Rocket <laughs> Talk, I would say this, brother. It, again, similar to what I just told you about Kool-Aid, is if he's back there in the backfield, you cannot – go light in the box. And I think that makes right. life a little bit easier, you know, especially for this, for this passing attack. So, uh, yeah, no question. Easy pick on offense defense. This, this wouldn't surprise me, man. If at the end of the year, we're, we're picking one of those defensive dudes up front, you know what I'm saying? Because similar to what you said, that's what we keep hearing the glowing, uh, the, the glowing comments out of camp is that this defensive line is legit and at any given Saturday, one of these guys could take over and, and change the the whole chemistry of a game. So um, I'm with you. I'll go. I'll go linebacker here. But I think it's just because there's not one defensive lineman that's standing out for me. Right now, Auburn Shane. This was a difficult one for me because there's so many new faces, particularly on the offensive side of the football. But I'm going with tackle, left tackle. Dylan Wade, the transfer from Tulsa, played for uh, offensive coordinator Philip Montgomery at Tulsa, so he'll know the scheme. And offensive line's been such an issue for Auburn in recent years that I, mm-hmm. I think he's a major upgrade. And come on, man. I mean, I think we're going to get back to the line of scrimmage toughness at Auburn. So give me the left tackle, Dylan Wade. And defense, you know, they got – Everyone back on the defensive backfield, so I, I could have went that direction, but we already seen it, Shane, at SEC Media Days. Who'd they bring? They brought the Vandy transfer, Elijah right. McAllister, at linebacker. That should tell you something about his leadership, his uh, you know winning over the, the team, so to speak, in a, in a very short time. So I'm going Elijah McAllister on the defensive side as well. Yeah, I think that's good. And, that's, and what's rare about Auburn is, like you said, they have all these pieces that just came in. So this isn't last year's Auburn. This isn't year before Auburn. This is a brand-new team, brand-new coach, staff. So they find the emerging talent. They find the emerging leadership on there. So I think that that's, that speaks volumes, the fact that it, not just that he was there at many days, but he crushed it. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I like these picks, man. All right, how about Florida, Shane? Running, on offense, what, what about mm-hmm. running? I just, I'm just going to ask you about Hunter. I mean, did, well, 
Uh, is it because he's, we don't know? It's a little uncertainty. When or? you may be suspended. Yeah. I don't know. That was a main reason to avoid that one, you know? Okay, okay. I was just curious. But he may be, you know, the mo- he might be the biggest breakout yeah, running yeah. back in the country. I, I, I'll give you that for sure. All right, for Florida, Shane. And again, some of these picks, I, I went with guys that could have left, Shane, and they came back. And generally, if you do that, it's because you love where you're at, you believe in the coaching staff, you believe in the culture, and you want to influence the next generation, so to speak. And I think that fits Ricky Persall, the receiver, down at Florida to a T. I don't know how good of an NFL prospect he would have been, but he damn near went. And he came back. He represented him at Media Days. Funny story, Shane, at Media Days, he, he saw old Ricky over there with his glasses on pose. He said, who's that? I said, that's Ricky Persaw, Florida. And he said, that looks like a Florida receiver right there. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen him in person. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, he, right, was, right. he was definitely dressed apart. You want to talk about cornerbacks? I, I'm saying, if he's, he, he is one of those dudes right there. But you're right. He is going to be a big, big part of this. He may be the only part outside those running backs uh, on this field. Right. So they're going to need him big time. Yeah way here Shane when it's third and long they got to find Ricky he he's got to be the one that's extending these drives so I, I think he's a big time player for the Gators and I'm going linebacker Shamar James Shane he was a breakout candidate last year coming now in a second year this is Billy Napier's guy on the defensive side of the football gonna need him to step up and be a leader and uh, I know they added some transfers they really like they got some Defensive backs they really like, but to me it's it's Shamar James show. I mean, he could be an All American this fall. Yeah, I like these man. Um, I like them big boys up front. I wish you would have picked one of them, but I get it. I get it. Little guys, <laughs> they get all the loving. Um, on offense, I would lean a little more ETN. I, I think there's going to be some games that we're going to need to be creative. And, yeah. and he's one of those guys that can catch out of the backfield. Don't be surprised if he doesn't line up in the slot. You know, they're going to find ways uh, to get him the ball and in space. So that's a dude right there that, again, one little miss, and then he's he's taking it to the house. And, and Florida's going to need some players like that. Mm-hmm. All right, how about Georgia, Shane? I mean, I think this was an easy one here, but just close offense. your eyes and throw a dart. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll go with Brock Bowers, Shane, yeah. because by all accounts, not only is an all-world receiver and blocker, but just goes hard as hell every single day, and that's probably part of his greatness because he, he never takes a day off. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, it's easy to just go with the best player, probably the best player in all of college football, but. Uh, I think he's putting in the work behind the scenes. And, you know, we may look back years down the road and say, you know, they had a lot of great players at Georgia, but yeah. who was the guy that, you know, if they go three for three, we may circle and be like, who's the one guy that was there the entire time and was a star the entire time? It's It'll be Brock Bowers. You know what? Yeah. You ever – uh, no, sorry. Well, and that doesn't take away from any of the great players they had the last couple of years, but I'm just saying the one guy that was – star all three i mean that's that's pretty outstanding you know no no yeah and well the the only thing about brock too is i think he's elevated the work ethic for everybody in that in that locker room you know somebody that just 
puts in the extra reps, puts in the extra time. And everybody knows, everybody knows that Brock's going to be a first round pick. He's going to be very successful in the NFL. It's almost a given, but it wasn't given to him. It is something that he works on. And even though he's excelled and, and exceeded expectations, he still works as hard as he did the first day he got on campus. So you can't just replace that. You, you, I'm. I keep talking about Swamp Keys. You know, it's like Tim Tebow. That's a dude that just yeah. didn't have an off switch, and it made everyone else around him work harder just to keep up with him. So, yeah, I'm with you here on Brock. Now on the defense, Jay, this was tough because there's a lot of great players on that Georgia defense. Could have went any direction here, Shane. But I'm going with Javon Bullard, the safety. Slash Nichols. I mean, he plays all over the field there for the Georgia Bulldogs. But yeah. uh, I, give me his leadership back for another year. So I, I kind of, when when possible, I'm leaning towards the the elder statesmen, so to speak. But uh, I, I love everything about Javon Bullard and his progression there in Athens. Uh, he's a true leader down there. Yeah, and everything you hear in camp, it's 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 just glowing remarks. You know, it's almost yeah. like the the bowers of the defense so uh yeah it takes one of these guys one of these alpha dogs because that's what we're looking for who's the dudes that step up and make georgia's defense unbearable and 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 unplayable it's guys like this that is going to get the most out of out of the players that are on that roster already yeah now how about lsu shane again it would have been very easy we're going to quarterbacks probably would have went that direction but we're not going quarterback. So on offense for them Tigers, Shane, I'm going Malik Neighbors, the standout yeah. receiver. They need him to be a big-time, prime-time player like he was late in the season against Georgia, against Purdue in the bowl game. And, uh, you know, he caught fire. We've, we've documented that. If he lives up to the hype, LSU is going to have one hell of an offense this fall. Yeah, and what's the the beauty of that is the the attraction he has when he's on a field. When he is playing like his hair on fire, you know, they're starting to shade coverage his way all the time, which is going to open up other avenues of offense for LSU. And you you heard it from Kelly. This is a guy he basically called out and says, This is his season and it's up to him. Does he take that step forward? And I think he does. Now I'm gonna throw a little curveball here, Shane, and I'm gonna go on defense, probably not a, a guy you'd suspect I'd, I'd go with here, but I'm going Omar Spates, the transfer from Oregon State, and I'll tell you why. I mean, Harold Perkins, great player. Mason Smith, Makai Wingo, all great players. Not calling them out, but, I mean, Spates, he could have went to Alabama. I mean, he was that highly regarded. He came to LSU for a reason, and I think having him on the field will allow them to utilize Harold Perkins in a number of ways, put him all over the field to create mismatches. And I just think that, uh, you know, having those beasts in front of them will free up Spates to make big-time plays. So uh, I just like what I'm hearing at a fall camp and the maturity. And, again, this is another guy. Could have went to the NFL Mm -hmm. instead of that. He's coming to the SEC. He wants to prove himself at the highest level. The defense has got to get better at LSU. We've got some elite, elite players, but they were not always as consistent last fall. So maybe getting a, a two-time captain over here, an all-pack 12 
all-American type player in that middle of the defense. I think Spates is could be a mi- the missing piece to have more consistency for LSU's defense this fall. Yeah, that's 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 bold, man. Because Perkins is a hell of an athlete. You know what I'm saying? That mm-hmm. I, I think about the um, what was it? The Arkansas game by by himself. Uh, yep. I, I I would I could argue that he single handedly won that game, and he didn't even play offense. So I, I'm leaning a little more Perkins on this one, just because of the the role he's going to be in. But I, I get your argument. Yeah, I'm trying to make it interesting too, Shane. You know what? Yeah, but man, <laughs> Perkins is a dude, man. Them them defensive linemen are dudes. If they come together I, again, yeah. you want to talk about changing the the ball game if you can't run <laughs> you know what i'm saying make a team mm-hmm. one-dimensional dude they yeah. as, as long as they stay healthy they're gonna be dangerous well i'll tell you what's not dangerous shane and that's heading on over to my bookie <laughs> as long as you fade our picks all fall you'll make a ton of money over there betting at mybookie.ag shane and all our listeners got a, a great offer here with promo code that S-E-C, T-H-A-T-S-E-C, over at my bookie Shane. They will match your initial deposit up to 50%, all the way up to 1000 bucks with a minimum initial deposit of $45, Shane. And people ask us all the time, how can we help the podcast? We don't ask for much, Shane. This show's free. We want it to always be free. And the best way to take advantage of that and keep the show free is to take advantage of this MyBookie offer. There's a link in the show notes. Head on over to MyBookie.ag, start up an account, and don't forget that promo code, T-H-A-T-S-E-C. Sign up today. Play with us all season long. This is the best time of the year. And the only thing that makes college football, SEC football better, Shane, is having a couple bucks on these <laughs> games. You know what? And you don't have to do a lot. That's that's the crazy thing. You could put $1,000 in there and they give you 500 back. But even 100 they give you 50 back. Take that money, that extra money, and start putting it on these games, 2 or $3 here and there. You'll be, you'll be, if you just faded me the last three years, you would have came out <laughs> successful. So uh, no reason not to jump on there and have some fun. So don't forget that promo code is that SEC. Yep, and the show's also brought to you by Manscaped. Shane, head on over to manscaped.com and check out the Beard Hedger Pro. It's their new product. We love it, Shane. It comes with shampoo, conditioner, oil, and palm. But Manscaped has been a partner with us for multiple seasons for a reason, Shane. We believe in their products, incredibly high quality. We would not partner with them if it was not the highest standard of products you can get over there from manscaped.com. Shave your beard, shave your head, shave anything you want, Shane. I ain't going to judge you. Just head on over to manscaped.com and check that promo code SEC for 20% off your entire order with free shipping, including international shipping, Shane. So, again, that's promo code SEC, manscaped.com. Help the podcast take advantage of these sponsorship opportunities. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before it's made with real brewed tea and picks a flavorful punch 
5% alcohol, and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering on your favorite SEC team. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love of college football. Keep it twisted. The podcast is also brought to you by GameTime. Head on over to GameTime.co and use promo code THATSEC for $20 off your first purchase. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. GameTime is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. GameTime is the place for the last-minute ticket sales. Forget planning months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Head on over to GameTime.co. Snag tickets without the stress. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code that. SEC for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem that SEC for 20 bucks off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, Shane. So, how about this one? I know, I think you're really going to like this one. <laughs> I'll be the judge of that, Mike. <laughs> oh, this offensive MVP. I would not even go say it because you already know it. Yep. Or you want me to say it? Judkins, baby. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this team is basically going to go as far as Judkins can take them. Yeah. And that's absolutely. coming from a guy that says Jackson Dart could be the number three quarterback in the SEC this fall. And why do I believe that, Shay? Because he's going to have a beast next to him that may be capable, Shane, of knocking off of Alabama in LSU mm-hmm. or Georgia. He is that caliber of an athlete, Judkins, give me Judkins. There is no other option on this Ole Miss team for offensive MVP than Judkins. And her coach, he's going to be receiving a lot more this year. I'm talking about all-purpose yards. This guy's going to have – he's going to have a ton of opportunities this season and a huge part of that offense. Yeah, and on the defensive side, chain, we've added a ton of talent. There's many options here, underrated defenders in Oxford – but, again, I, I'm leaning towards seniority, guys that have been there, guys that don't have to be there, could have left. Give me defense alignment. Cedric Johnson, standout from last season. I think he'll be uh, utilized perfectly in this Pete Golding defense. Jukins, Cedric Johnson, there may not be a better one-two in the entire SEC right there, brother. <laughs> now, if there is, though, maybe it's at Mississippi State, Shane. Yeah. We can't disrespect Will them Rogers. dogs. <laughs> That's who I'm going with. Who are you picking? <laughs> I'm going Woody Marks, Shane, the running back. There's, yeah. there's going to be a lot on his plate this year because his workload is going to be increased tremendously in this new scheme. We've got some great receivers here as well that are going to be utilized this fall. But I'm going Woody Marks, do-it-all running back from Mississippi State. If they're going to make this transition successful, of course – Will Rogers is going to have to be instrumental in that, but Woody Marks has got to handle the load like he's never been asked to do before in college football. So that's why he's my offensive MVP. And defense, this is another easy one, Shane. I'm going Boogie Watson, linebacker, one of the top tacklers in all the country, not just the SEC, the country last season. They got the best one-two punch at linebacker in the SEC with Boogie Watson and Jet Johnson. So – Give me Boogie, could be Jet, 
Could be any of them. They got great names down there at Mississippi State. You know what? Hey, uh, is there? And I know this is kind of cheating because he is uh, technically a quarterback. But Mike Wright, do you think there's a, a scenario where you know he's just a utility man could do a lot of different things, and and then all of a sudden we look at the end of the season and say that's the most valuable player on that offense, and it didn't even come down to him throwing the ball. Yeah, because I mean he just could be a nightmare matchup. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's he proved that even at Vanderbilt. You know, and he'll have more talent around him at Mississippi State. And the coaches being all giddy talking about him and stuff, it's almost mm-hmm. like they don't want to let it out of the bag yet. You know, that's my that's my guy. That's the one I got my eyes on. For uh, other than Will Rogers, I think he's gonna just hell. You could pick any of these receivers, but when it all comes down to it, brother, I think that Mike Wright pickup is the most intriguing one of the soft season for Mississippi State. Yeah, well, we had those comments from Kevin Barbet last episode, Shane. It was yeah. like, he was like a kid who knew he's got a Christmas <laughs> present under the tree, but he can't wait to go to sleep so he can go down there and open it, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Who's Mike Wright? Hmm? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> now, how about Mizzou, Shane? I almost went, I, I think, you know, I didn't go with the obvious one. I could have went Luther Burden. Yeah. He'll, he'll be phenomenal. We know he will be. But... I'm going with the left tackle, Javon Foster, Shane, because because the quarterback competition is looming, because we may not have an elite running back, because offensive line kind of let us down last year. Mm-hmm. We need the best offensive lineman to step up, be the leader, be you know the 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 force of change to yeah. go from somewhat of a weakness to a big time strength for Missouri to help the quarterback to help the running backs. Give me Javon Foster, left tackle from Mizzou. And, again, I, I know you love the big ugly, so this this one's for you, man. Well, and, and I'm glad you did it because, I, obviously, I think Luther is going to be the guy. Um, I Like, how close was that? Are you, I know you want to pick the, the – I wrote Luther down first. I'll be did honest you? Okay, with you. Okay, I was going to say – But then I was like, nah, <laughs> let, let's give some love to the big man, you know? Yeah, because I just think that he's going to be such a – I think more of a focal piece in this offense. Not that he wasn't last year, but I think that they're going to do a better job finding ways to get him the ball in in space because why? Why Why wouldn't you? You know, this guy is so dangerous. He could take anything. that I hope he's on special teams again, you know, where he can do something back there, a punt return or kick return or something like that. He's just so electric. So I'm going to go Luther. I, I get it. I love I love big guys, and they, they need to love. The, the left tackle is pivotal because you've got to give this guy time to throw the ball to Luther, and you also got to get this running game going because yep. if you don't get that, then the – Again, this wide receiver core is going to suffer in the long run. So, Luther's calling you right now. Look at him. <laughs> He's mad as hell. <laughs> now, on the defensive side, this was an easy one for me, Shane. Tyron Hopper, outstanding linebacker, someone that passed up the NFL draft. And, and you, you see it from drinking these press conferences. This, this is one of the key guys he's talking about when he's saying, hey, we got to prove these guys right that could have left here. Mm-hmm. They could have went on to the next level. They came back to improve their stock, to improve the team, and go out a winner. So Tyron Hopper, one of the best linebackers in the country, I think he's our defensive MVP for Mizzou. I like it, man. Get in the hopper. <laughs> <laughs> now, South Carolina, Shane, this is the player that made me want to even do this list, Shane. And, again, we're not doing quarterbacks. This guy's not a quarterback anymore, but he was. But – 
I think he epitomizes what Shane Beamer's doing down there, the team, the culture, where you're trying to figure out how in the hell are these guys beating so many teams? And my offensive MVP, Shane, I know the, the easy one would be Juice Wells because I've said it many times. I think he's the best receiver in the SEC. So Can I guess? We can, yeah, well, we can give it to Juice Wells, but go ahead and guess who is I got. Is Joiner? Is to carry on Joiner, yeah, Shane. Good. Selfless player. He's played quarterback. He's played receiver. Now he's transitioning to running back, and it sounds like he's going to be our starting running back, Shane. He's never played at college football, but he's bought in. He's doing what he has to do. And I think that's kind of the South Carolina way, Shane. So, again, He's not going to be the highest draft pick or whatever. You know, the, we've talked yeah. on and on and on about Spencer Rattler. We've we've praised Juice Wells to no end. But this is kind of what I think of when I think of an MVP of a team is a guy like to carry on Joiner. And this is why you really made the list with no quarterback, so you didn't have to pump up Spencer, did you? You just hate the guy so much <laughs> that you had to create a list that excluded quarterbacks. No, I, I get you, man. And, and Joyner, Joyner is going to be that guy. And, and it's not just, like you said, it's not going to be just running. They'll have him out there. and I mean, he's just going to be a He's just going to be a, a matchup nightmare if they use him right, and I think they will. Yeah. So uh, this is a this is a good one in my opinion. This is a guy that we really do need to to step up, though. You know, he's mm-hmm. go, he's going to have to make some plays if if South Carolina, especially, comes out of September. You know, with with a winning record. Let me ask you this about Joiner though, because this is a difficult one. How do you think he scores the most touchdowns this fall? Rushing, yeah. receiving. Or passing, because you know, you know, they're going to have him throw it a couple times, trick plays or <laughs> something. You know what I mean? Like he's he's probably going to throw a couple touchdowns too. I would imagine. Uh, which one of those would you go? Rushing, receiving, or passing to carry on Joiner more most touchdowns? Oh, that's a great question, Mike. And uh, I think I'm going to go receiving. I think mm. I think when we get down to those because you're always looking for cheap touchdowns within the five yard line and, and <laughs> yeah. I don't think they're turning around handing it to Joiner. I think right. I think they'll have someone else for that. But uh, you know, he will have some rushing touchdowns and like you said, he'll have some Spencer will have a couple of receiving <laughs> touchdowns from this man. Just wait, it's coming. But uh I, I think when it's all said and done, he's gonna get most of his yardage and scores through the air. Yeah. Screens, yeah, I, screens, and things like that. You know what I'm saying? They may even pull out the old jump pass, <laughs> yeah. just like Swamp King. You know what I mean? Like I, I could see him on the goal line doing Wildcat, and defense is gonna have no clue what he's gonna do. You know, and, and that's that's the genius of it. One of those like he's acting like he's running the sideline, and then he just sits there. <laughs> <laughs> now for defense, Shane Mo Kaba, the linebacker for for South Carolina. There are a lot of options for South Carolina defense, but all I hear is rave reviews about Mo Kaba and what he can bring to this defense this fall. So that's my defensive MVP right there. Well, well you said others. Is there any others that kind of that type? tight race there for MVP on defense? Well, I mean, they got two outstanding safeties, DQ Smith, Nick Imawari. Right. They've got, uh, you know, some linemen that you can count on. I mean, there's no wrong answers here, but I think Mokaba is, is, for me, okay. is the easy answer. Okay. And, and hell, they got uh, dial at corner. I mean, they got, they got a lot of options. You there. just hate defensive backs, man. That's crazy. <laughs> they got some of the best in the game. You don't want to acknowledge their presence. So, now I'm messing with you. 
All right, how about Tennessee, Shane? I'm going Jalen Wright, running back. I think he's going to be a breakout star. Led the team in rushing last year. I think he's going to do it again. And I think, uh, you know, potentially one of the biggest breakout candidates in all the SEC is Jalen Wright. That's a good one, man. And, you know, that room, I mean, it's loaded. It ain't just going to be the Jalen Wright show. But I think that's maybe why I would be leaning a little more, uh, I know it sounds crazy, but Brew McCoy. And when you think about Tennessee last year, uh, you know, Hooker had a couple safety valves with Hyatt and Tillman. He's going to, you know, Joe's going to need somebody to be there and dependable and efficient. And and if Bruce showed us anything, he's tough as hell. He'll catch it across. Uh, I I think that's the dude that takes the step forward this year and uh, a real leader of that that receiver room. Now for defense, Shane, mm, I'm with another curveball here for you. I almost went Aaron Beasley. Uh I think most people would. But I'm going 25-year-old Keenan Peely, the BYU transfer, Shane. I think he's going to bring a new aspect to this Tennessee defense because he's kind of a, a multifaceted linebacker, can play the run, can play the pass, can can kind of do it all back there. Um, and I just hear rave reviews. Of him. I mean, he's come in here. He's going to be a day one starter. He's married. I mean, if you're married, you're playing college football, Shane, and you're 25 years old. How can you not be a leader? You know what? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that's right. He's just doing taxes and shit on the weekend, you know? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, I, you know, there's going to be some new faces. There's going to be some old faces. That's the one thing about the uh, just the whole defense in general. It's There's not a whole bunch of individual athletes that stand out to you. But at the end of the season, there's going to be some – that are obviously key contributors. And I love that defensive front. If they were so deep, I guess you could pick one of those guys. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, you know, because when you think of MVP, it's it's removing that athlete and does this team struggle. You know, say like we just had Coach come out here yesterday talking about the, the, the depth of the defensive backs even, you know. So you could pick a guy that is a key contributor, but if you're moving, you got plenty of them backing them up. The MVPs also come down to depth charts, you know. Yeah. If you take that guy out, your team struggles. So, yeah, I like your pick there, man. All right, how about A&M, Shane? Offense, this was difficult. A lot of different options here, Shane. But, again, I'm, I'm leaning towards seniority, leaning towards guys that don't have to be here, could have moved on to the NFL. Anaya Smith, the kind of do-it-all player. That may have been a big reason why – no, not the not the only reason, but a big reason why A&M disappointed last year because he got banged up, missed most of the season. I, I think that was instrumental in their kind of decline on that side of the football. So – Anaya Smith back for what seems like his 20th year in college football. He's got to be a leader for us. Was there any pause? I mean, because you ask people, a lot of people think, you know, Evan's the best out there or hell, I've seen some think Moose is. And is, mm-hmm. is there any, um, was there any hesitancy of, of picking one of those guys? No, but yeah, I, I do think Evan is better. Yeah. I'll, I'll make that clear. Cause I think he's going to be an all American, but I think Anaya Smith is is going to be the guy people look to. They get, you know, that'll get them jacked up in the big yeah. big moments, big plays. Team leader, team captain, two time invited to media days. Only showed up once, but two times. I mean, that should tell you something about it, how the locker room views Anaya Smith. Oh, all right. 
I thought you were going to follow that up. <laughs> that beer hitting wrong. I get, I've been there, man. That when them bubbles pop up on you. <laughs> now, defensive line, Shane, I'm going McKinley, Jackson, defensive lineman. I think, uh, you know, we made no bones about it. We think this defensive line could be the difference between A&M being a SEC and potentially playoff contender. They've got to live up to their potential. Didn't quite, you know, they flashed it at times last year. But yeah. we need one of these guys, one of these older guys to take the take the bull by the horn, so to speak, and, and get everybody whipped in shape, get them in the right mindset. Because if this A&M defensive line lives up to their potential, Shane, they could be unblockable. So give yeah. me, I think, the best lineman, the one of the oldest linemen, and, and another one that, uh, you know, I, I think this is a big money year for McKinley Jackson. Yeah, just a, a freaking wrecking ball up front. That's what you want. It frees mm-hmm. up everybody behind you. So, yeah, I love this pick. All right, last but not least, Vanderbilt. Shane, we're going to be seeing him here in just a couple of days. Will Shepard at yep. receiver. I think that's an easy one for the Commodores. Big-time playmaker. Going to anticipate a huge season for him this fall at on the West End. And Ethan Barr, Shane, linebacker. One of the most productive players of the Clark Lee era back for a third season. And he's probably going to be their most dominant defensive player as well. Yeah. No, this is – especially at the receiver room. I, I This room is loaded, and that, that is definitely the captain of that crew. And, and I expect a, a high-flying offense, man. And that, it sounds crazy when you talk about Vanderbilt – but you're going to get a dose of it when uh, Hawaii comes to town. So, yeah, I, I, I'm actually excited about the pieces at Vanderbilt these days because they're going to be they're going to be really fun to watch. Yeah, well, can you believe it, buddy? We are about 48 hours away from yeah. some college football <laughs> action. How about it? Oh man, I can't wait! I can't wait! I'm looking at uh, I'm looking I'm get on my bookie and I'm I'm looking at my bets and I'm like. You know, is this the one? Is this my lock of the week? Is you know, so I, I'm pumped up, ready to ready to put some money on these boys and drink cold beer, hang out with Mike and all you guys and girls out there. Uh, we're gonna be live tomorrow. Don't forget. Uh, that's I, I guess six. If that changes for some reason, uh, we'll be sure to not tell you, and uh, just pops up on your <laughs> YouTube feed. So just have your uh, notifications on and and uh, subscribe there, and when we do go live, you'll be notified. But yeah, I'm I'm pumped up, man. This is it. This is like I said, this is the final list, Mike. This is the final list. Now tomorrow we got a surprise for you because mm-hmm. we've all got those games, and I, I want y'all think about this tonight. We all got that game that you know you're going to kick their ass, right? You know your <laughs> you know your team's going to run right through them, but yeah. that fan base knows that they're going to kick your ass. So be ready because <laughs> we're going to have key games uh, next uh, tomorrow, talking about the ones that each fan base thinks they're going to win rolling in. So be sure to check us live tomorrow. Uh, like I said, six o'clock. But if you got your notification on YouTube, it will alert you when we go go live. Yeah, it'll be the final show before the season kicks off. I cannot wait. 6 o'clock Eastern, 5 Central on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, all that will be live. Come hang out. We love interacting with you guys, and and this will be us ramping it up to doing these twice a week, Thursday night, Sunday night. Show up and uh, come hang out. Last last show that we don't hang out in the same room too, Mike. 
I'm going to start wearing pants again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, buddy, I appreciate that. And I appreciate all the cousins out there. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go balls. Hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and Cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the Pirate, and the Pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State.